CBC Podcast. My name's Hunter. My name's Ellen. I'm Josh. And we're back. We are back, and uh, I'm excited. Absolutely. Kind of good to be back. Kind of yeah. speechless, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm giddy. Giddy. Yeah. Alan walked in, and he was like, yeah! And, you know, so we're, <laughs> we're glad to be back in here. It's definitely a lot colder since we've been in here, so maybe we won't get as hot as quick. It gets pretty hot in this room, but we love it. Um, yeah, so as you guys may have listened last week, maybe if you haven't, um, that's okay. We'll kind of update everybody. Um, the reason we haven't been able to really release an episode, a real episode, the last two weeks is because I was affected by COVID. My family was affected by COVID. Josh and them are right in there. Alan yep. was clean, pretty much. Right COVID free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. COVID free. <laughs> but also, our, like, church families were affected. Oh, so yeah. not only, like, could we not do a podcast, but, like, our church was basically kind of closed down for a couple weeks. So that way people could get to feeling better, but we could clean sanitize you know quarantine do everything that we need to do to protect our people um so that's the other thing you know if you're wondering if we protect our people here and we focus on that we sure do absolutely um and i hope everybody can agree with that but uh you know we're, we're super excited that you guys are listening um you know i'm just reminded we had uh, evangelist chad Udi come this last sunday morning and share a message with us, and hopefully he's going to join our podcast uh, beginning of this next year sometime. We're really looking forward to that. Um, he, I mean, he's just a solid preacher, solid man of God, um, and I'm glad we can get him in here, hopefully. I know he's a busy man. He visits a lot of churches, but, you know, I, I'm just reminded about what he, about what he preached on, about uh, division, and right now specifically about unity, and I just I love that we're kind of back in this room uniting. Uh, but not only yeah. uniting on that, uniting over Scripture and the importance of the church and of Christ. Um, and I, I think all Christians should be able to say amen to that and agree to that. And so we hope you all do. Uh, but we got a good episode planned. I will say this. This is a creative, exciting episode because Alan taught this in Sunday school. And w- what's the real title of it, Alan? So the real title of it is Merry Christmas. And when we hear that, at first when I got the notes, I was just like, Merry Christmas to you too, Alan. You know, I was like, oh, cool. But we talked before uh, we started and Alan kind of explained his thoughts and it made me more excited Um, because when you read a man's notes that you you weren't the one that was inspired with the lesson, it's kind of just like tic-tac-toe or connect four or a scavenger hunt sometimes because you're trying to connect it. And Alan has some good points, and this is going to be a good episode. And we uh, talked about it when Hunter, uh, we, we always try to uh, kind of collaborate and coordinate our thoughts before we uh, just, you know, we don't just jump into an episode. Uh, we try to, you know, lay them out a couple of weeks in advance and, and yeah. be praying about them, be talking Absolutely. about them. And uh, we talked about what we're going to do this this coming episode today, uh, and uh, we... <laughs> Well, you and Josh are talking we, about we, it, and I came up, and you guys were, we're going to talk about Merry Christmas, and I was like, okay, I'm in, let's do it. <laughs> I don't know what that means. And the Sunday school lesson was, it was, I mean, not, this sounds horrible when I say it, uh, not that it was a good lesson because I taught it, but it was good to be a part of it. And if you've ever sat in a, a Sunday school class that I've taught, I think of myself more of an orchestrator. I kind of just get the ball rolling, yeah. and then kind of just, uh, you know, listen to some good dialogue back and forth and, and let it open up and that's yeah. it and let folks share their thoughts well, that's, i mean in a sense that's how it should be you have yeah. a class full of studiers hopefully yeah and once you open the can i mean and man it went it went it went uh even beyond what i had imagined when i studied and i get all I, I get kind of uh uh you know out there when i'm studying and, and i'm praying and i'm asking god to help me and i get in visions of the things that i'll say it didn't turn out anything like i thought it would when i was studying but as the time wound down and we're running out and i'm listening to the folks talk i'm thinking man god you've you've done something here that's yeah. helped me to understand the fact that there's a huge responsibility on christians yeah. Yeah. and and not just uh, uh this time of year but especially this time of year when it's so commercialized yeah. and, and we use the term merry christmas so loosely and uh, the the first thing that I'd like to kick off and just get the ball rolling is, uh, somebody g- give me a definition. One of you two, give me a definition of what Merry Christmas means. And I'll share mine. Okay. Well, this is on the spot. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm about to freestyle this. So here we <laughs> go. Let it go, buddy. I need a beat. No, I'm kidding. Uh, well, 
uh, to me, and this is just a, my interpretation, my opinion, which doesn't go far in a lot of places. When you think of the term Merry Christmas, uh, Merry is usually M-E-R-R-Y. is usually a term that is used in a joyful setting. Yep. Um, almost like a, if I were to think of a synonym for it, probably happy, joyful. Yep. And then you look at the word Christmas, which throughout each decade, it seems like it changes. Um, but in this, that is true. I mean, Xmas, Christmas, Happy Holiday. I mean, well, I mean, someone told me something the other day about how they're trying to take the word Christ out of it, which typical, right, in this day and age. But when you look at the center of the word Christmas, the word Christ is in it. And so, I mean, my definition, and I hope your all's, is a celebration of Jesus. We'll talk about conception and when he was actually born here in a little while. Um, but also, Alan, I mean, people in this day and age, it's just, it's just any other holiday. Exactly. Time for presents. Exactly. So but for those of us who have uh, accepted Christ as our Savior, uh, my definition of a Merry Christmas is the fact that uh, it's an opportunity or the act of worshiping Christ as the promised Messiah makes me happy. Yeah. Merry Christmas. That, that, that puts joy in my heart because I'm worshiping him, a kept promise that was prophesied about in the Word of God, and we'll, we'll talk about that in just a second. But just think about how many times you use that statement. Yeah. Two, Merry Christmas. Yeah. So loosely. And, and think about the requirement on our lives. Let's say they do. Let's say they do replace Christmas with Xmas, and they take Christ out of it. What's the responsibility of a Christian? They can take it out of a, a phrase or a, 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 a postcard or a greeting card, but they can't take it out of our life. Yeah, It's our responsibility to live a life that's, even if you can't read it on a card, you're going to be able to read it in my life. Yeah. By yes, my actions, absolutely. by my decisions, by how I interact with po- folks. Yeah. And uh, that that evidence of a changed life should be so evident especially this time of year well and when alan was going through this before we even started which for those of you listen we don't plan what we say nor do we practice (laughs) we usually just talk about our subject and the scriptures we're going to discuss and a couple ideas and then we just grant gives us a countdown and he says all right and then we start um by the way this episode is going to release on grant's birthday this coming thursday happy birthday grant happy birthday to old grant happy birthday do you? Oh man! <laughs> oh man! So uh, shout out to Grant, but you know when Alan was um, talking about this, and now the idea in my head's kind of formed into a little more. Um, I almost heard Alan say, "I'm getting ready to make an argument for why Christmas should come back to Jesus and center around Jesus and worshiping Christ." And I think once he kind of set that platform, he didn't really have to say anything else because I'm all about uh, a debate between two things. Uh, out of love, which we're not debating each other in here, but we, we do want to make a case yeah. for why this time of year should be more about Christ. Now, I, I want to say this. <laughs> So, you know, and a lot of people say, well, that's great, you know, but, you know, Christmas is a great time to be with family, be with, you know, family, visit people, go places with them, and, and just celebrate them. That's true. I love my family, but I just know this time of year that I'm going to put Christ before my family. Actually, any time of year, I'm going to put Christ before my family. You know, Pastor Jason even got into the text that was specifically for the disciples about um, forsaking your family for him. And he wasn't saying, hey, you have to hate your family. He was just saying, you should put me above your family. First and foremost. First priority. And so, you know, even if you think that this time of year is for family, that's great. Community and fellowship is great. But what Alan's getting ready to walk us through, and me and Josh, you know, we'll, we'll jump in here and there. Um, and we'll all discuss about this. I think it's something people need to hear right now. No, I do too, one hundred percent. And when you when you think about the fact that uh, the 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 hope and the joy and the peace, uh, if there ever was a time in our history where we needed hope, joy, and peace, yeah. it's today. Yes, it's, absolutely. It's the day that we live in. Uh, and uh, again, the 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 things that are going on with the with the 
with the pandemic and the folks being sick, uh, man, uh, if you think God's not working and you think that he, this this place is falling apart, understand, uh, I know there's been a lot of people touched and affected and, and, and lives lost because of it, but there's also been a lot of prayers answered. Uh, there's yes, been, there's been there's absolutely. Some, there's some folks sitting in this room who were prayed for, and, and there's some uh, some evidence of the fact that God's still at work. Oh, absolutely. And he's he's still he's still attentive and he's still listening. And that uh, the the promises in God's word are something that you can absolutely anchor your faith in. Take it to the bank when it's I mean when it when it's crunch time right. when it, when when you really needing something that that you can. Uh, have some stability in yep. God's word is that because I mean this is just another example the Christmas story yep. it's another example prophesied about uh, if you were uh, back in the, the days uh, of the Bible when we, we talk about the, the nation of Israel if you were Jewish uh, they were anticipating a Messiah mm-hmm. it was promised you can look in uh, it's Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 uh, the Bible says for unto us a child is born, for to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and uh, his name shall uh, be called Wonderful, Counselor, uh, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Yes. So if I'm a young, if I'm a, if I'm a, a Jewish person in this time frame, uh, I've heard that scripture, I've studied that scripture. It's part of what we do and part of what we tell we act because uh, that's an important promise. Mm-hmm. And you can uh, you can go back to the times when. Uh, uh, the shepherds were in the field, and the angel appeared to them, and they said, "Fear not, bring to you great tidings of That's right. good tidings of great joy, joy, which will be all yes. people." Yes. You know, and, and it, it excited the shepherds, and they were like, "Man, yep. let's go see this thing that's been made known to us by the angel." And when when we talk about the, the fact that this promise has been kept, man, that should give us such a sense of. Uh, hope and peace that all of God's word is just as true yeah. and is just as worthy to hang our hat on and to uh, consider as a, a credible source uh, of information to, to make all our decisions with. Yeah. And especially like with the two things, like the two things that stood out to me is one of them was wonderful counselor and the Prince of peace. I mean, right now, especially with the pandemic that's been going on, mm-hmm. families are apart. They're not in the same unity Extended families yep. are not in the same unity together. There has been loved ones lost. Yeah. This is going to be the first holiday season we're entering in with that they're not going to be in the presence of the people are laid off of work. They don't have a source of income. They're losing housing. They're losing things that they have stability that they accounted for. It, it's causing stress. It's causing fear. It's causing a lot of things. But two of those words that you, when you may be reading that text, was one wonderful counselor. So, I mean, when we are at the time of needing just... Need some good advice. advice. I, exactly. need some, I need some good advice. <laughs> exactly. He's the source. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then the Prince of Peace, I mean, that's... I mean, we all want peace in those times of yeah. uneasiness. And, I mean, that's the... So, right now is the time to truly focus on, on yeah. Christ, you know? And, and even... Some of us... Some of us, you know, we, we walking with Christ, and we start to go wayward. You know, and now yes. is the time to come back to Him and to recognize yep. that, you know... He is the author. Well, and kind of to keep, I mean, we're on a point of prophecy right now, but, you know, uh, with the, with our youth group this Wednesday, next Wednesday, I, I'm kind of walking through the virgin birth and how and why it had to happen. And we're going to talk about the virgin birth as well next week. So I'm trying, I'm really trying not to jump ahead, but, you know, I was studying out Isaiah seven fourteen. you know, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Uh, Moses said that there'd be a greater prophet than he that would rise up. Uh, when you get into Genesis chapter 2, it talks about uh, when he looks at Satan during the curse, he says, you know, he's going to bruise your head and you'll bruise uh, his heel. Um, Jer- Jeremiah, Ezekiel, David would talk about it that there is a promise of a coming king. And so when it comes to prophecy, um, I, I kind of want to make this case. Every year, there's something celebrated, an anniversary, correct? So... Um, it could be a person, it could be an event, it could be anything. And what happens is usually when an anniversary comes up, people make a big deal about it, that it's coming, it's happening, this is the 20th, 200, however uh, anniversary it is. Um, you know, 
I was even thinking that January 1st will be my first full year here doing ministry at Watson's Chapel and being a part of it. That's special to me. But what I, I guess what I'm thinking is, is that this season, and I can't tell you the specific number will be an anniversary of when God Almighty stepped and was born into the flesh. Yep. And I mean, we're not going to get into a huge discussion about deity or anything else. And uh, we can only explain it so much. But when Jesus Christ entered this world, that should be an anniversary that yep. is worth celebrating. But this world that we live in wants to take a pagan ritual, a figment of our imaginations, an imaginary friend to some, and celebrate that anniversary of Santa more than they want to celebrate the anniversary of the Savior of the whole world. And so when you look at prophecy, not only was it prophesied in Isaiah in all of their times, but the prophecy was fulfilled, but that doesn't just make it go away. We're still studying about it. We're still in it. And so when you look at Isaiah 9 or Isaiah 7, we've got to realize that when Isaiah prophesied this and it became true in Matthew 1, um, Matthew 2, and you get into Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 3, um, and you read about uh, Galatians 4, 4, where it said that he would send his son through a virgin. This is that time of year where that magnificent, supernatural, event took place where a savior would enter the world and so when alan you bring up this point of prophecy i mean i i think that's a huge key that we've got to kind of like not just say oh yeah well it happened but soak in it you know and and there's so much scripture that that supports the statements that you just said that says he was not just a baby in a manger he was almighty god almighty god in the flesh in that manger uh, you know, the, the names that the, the Bible gives for him, he's Emmanuel, which means God with us, yep. uh, you know, uh, the everlasting father. Uh, we have so much scripture that supports the fact that Jesus Christ was God in the flesh. And the reason that he was born in that manger is so that we could have hope and peace by performing that sacrificial act of giving his life in our stead in our substitute so that we could place our faith in him then that gives us that hope and having the uh, eternal well i mean even think about when you said like jesus he wasn't just a baby born in the manger so when you get into luke chapter 2 it says and when the time came for their purification according to the law of moses they brought him up to jerusalem to present him to the lord as it was written in the law of the lord every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the lord to offer a sacrifice according to what is said, the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves, or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous, devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. He came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do uh, to do for him according to the law, the custom of the law, he took up his arms, blessed God, and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. Simeon had just realized, he says, For my eyes have seen your Note. salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a lot of revelation to the Gentiles, and for the glory to your people, Israel, his father and mother. Okay, you go down. What happened? Anna, a prophetess, she sees the Lord. And this widow, and she's 84, she did not part from the temple worship and fasting. Coming at the very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all the people, waiting for redemption in Jerusalem. So this wasn't just a baby. Nope. They didn't do this for every baby that was brought up to the temple. Nope. He couldn't die. Imagine, everyone who's listening, imagine you're 80, 90, 70 years old, and at the beginning of your life or midlife, the Lord looked at you and said, you cannot die until you've seen the behold of the Christ. You know what I'd be doing? I'd be sitting at that temple every day. Anticipating. Anticipating. Anticipation. But he's not going to be with the Lord or to be with God or to be with uh, the saints until he beholds the Lord. And all of a sudden, now it wasn't just by guess, the Holy Spirit of God overwhelmed him 
and he saw the Lord. It doesn't tell us what happened, but I'm sure he died. I, I'm sure he had the most exciting death, <laughs> expecting it. Yeah. And then Anna's over there, probably not even in the same vicinity, and all of a sudden the Spirit uses her as well to start telling people about the redemption that has just entered in. Yes. This was not just a baby. No, and, and here's, here's the point that we got to in, the, in our Sunday school uh, study. Okay, uh, these folks had heard about, anticipated, and were looking for the Messiah. Yeah. Their whole life. Oh, absolutely. When they saw him, they believed. Yes. There are also those from the nation of Israel, the Jews that rejected. They're like, nah, the, it's the, not him. It can't the, be. Can't the be. Samaritan Such woman. Such a lowly, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Can't, can't be him. Yes. And when we, we look into that, if you look in... Uh, Philippians, uh, Josh, you got that, buddy? Philippians chapter 2, verse 10. While he's flipping there, Alan, can I say something? Go ahead. Uh, I mean, for example, the Samaritan woman, she told Jesus, she said, we heard that the Christ would come. But then you get over uh, where Jesus is. He re, I, We did this in our small group on Sunday morning. Jesus is in the temple. He reads the text that says, I'm the anointed. And he closes the text and he says, this is about me. And some were amazed. But at the end it said, yet they said, is this not Joseph's son? Yeah, so there's yeah. just two examples yeah. of someone who was like, we heard Jesus is coming. We're waiting. And then he looks at her and he says, why am he? And she's like, oh my gosh, I'll be right back. Let me go get all of Samaria to come up here. Yeah. And then you got his, his family. And his people in his hometown, and they're amazed. But then all of a sudden, a second of doubt creeps in. And they go, yeah, is this not Joseph's son? So it's exactly so let's what fast, you're saying. Let's fast forward to 2020. Yes. And the week that we're in right now and coming up, uh, it's an opportunity for us who believe. Okay, our responsibility. If they take Christ out of Christmas, okay, they're not going to read it on a card. It's still our responsibility to spread the good news, to, to sow the seed, and it's an individual's <laughs> responsibility to accept or reject that. Yeah. So uh, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 10, uh, I had it just a second ago. You got it, Josh? Yeah. Read it for me, buddy, if you don't mind. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and the things of earth and the things under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So Romans chapter 14, verse 11 says, for it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, uh, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. And if you run your reference from Romans 14, 11, it takes you over to Matthew chapter number 25, verses 31 and 32. You want me to read that? Go ahead, if you don't mind. Okay, 31 and 32. Let me let me flip over to the same version as you also are on the same page. 31 and 32. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he set upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheeps from the goats. So, sheep. what has that got to do with Christmas? <laughs> How are we going to tie this together? Just like in the days uh, of the Bible when folks uh, were promised a Messiah. When the Messiah came, there were those who accepted. There were also those who rejected. In 2020, it's still happening, guys. There's still people accepting. There's still people rejecting. The two verses of Scripture that we just read, one said should and one says shall. shall. Right? So we're living right now in the should period. Absolutely. If you're if you're listening to the podcast, guess what? You should bow your knee. You should humble your heart. You should cry out to God, and you should recognize Christ is the Messiah that has always been promised, and He always will be. So let me let me share something personal about the last few weeks of my life. So we get COVID, and instantly when you get COVID, you know you're stuck. So, you know, I'm, I'm with my family, and it was a great time, but I got out of rhythm, right? So, I didn't read like I should, didn't pray like I should, you know, uh, just watched a lot of TV, which in this day and age isn't a good thing either, because TV is just terrible. Um, but I want to, this is the part I want to share. So, I'm with Josh and them, 
probably a few days ago, right? You know, and, and I'm back in the rhythm, back at the church, been reading, been studying. And we were sent a video by our pastor about sermon preparation, um, just some tips and some things. But in, in the midst of it, Bob Utley, great, great, gosh, great Bible teacher. He's talking about the importance and reverence of Scripture. So I'm thinking about that. But then on the way home, I'm listening to a, a sermon by Stephen J. Lawson about believing unbelievers. That'll go far away. But what got me was in the midst of that, and you're probably like, what are you going with this story? I'm going to this. I was reminded in my car that night about Scripture, about Christ, and about my life. Because those whom He loves, He will chastise. Yes. So in the midst of my chastising from God, which I totally deserved, the Lord opened my eyes not to a new spiritual level, but he showed me one more step further why Scripture is so holy and why Christ is so holy and why I should strive to be holy. And I found myself at a should. Mm-hmm. I found myself bowing before the holy God, yep. the holy Lord Jesus Christ. Yep. And I'm telling you, if we all could get to that place yep. this time of year in reverence of the birth of our Savior, not just a man. Yep. It feels like to me the should time period is the better deal. Yep. <laughs> and Absolutely. I reverence right there. Josh, yep. I know you were going to say something before. The, uh, so, so mine was Sunday. Sunday, I mean, I, I was in Allen's Sunday school class. And I heard this should and shall, and I'm sitting there listening, and I mean, the wheels are turning, and I'm sitting there listening to it, and I'm like, wow. And then we had uh, Chad yes. uh, preach Sunday morning on the on division and stuff, and great points. And then Sunday night, Pastor took it. Whipped and, it. And just, wasn't it. Wasn't it good to be in <laughs> church Sunday? I'm telling you. Yes, it was. <laughs> you want to see? But listen. I'm sitting Ooh. there at the end of Pastor's message, and the only thing that kept running through my head was Sunday school, should and shall, should and shall, and I'm like... In, and, and the spirit really just convicted me. And he's like, when was the last time that you yes. got on your knee to me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't stop praying. I prayed, but I'm a busy guy too. Yeah. I'm praying on the go. I'm driving to work praying. I'm working along the day. I'm praying. But and, I, and just it got a hold of me. When's the last time you stopped, stopped for me? And rest in my presence. Commitment, dude. Yes. And I'm sitting there and I mean that I was broke. I was I was I was broke and I had to. And at that moment though, and it's like and that it's just it's not that you fall away. It's just you become busy and become and it's like, you know, and I'm sitting there thinking of the whole time, I'm like, when is the last time that I truly set time apart for him? I mean, like I says, I'm I never quit praying. But it's I'm always on the go. I'm always busy. I'm you know there's I'm, I'm driving. You cannot be driving and praying and truly focused in your prayer because you're still driving. Yep. There's you distractions. Know? All there's around. distractions all around. And it's like when's the last time you in a and it, it just grabbed a hold of me. Absolutely. And, and that's Ooh. the way. And again, uh, when I, when I teach a lesson like this, man, Josh, I want you to know, buddy, I didn't I didn't teach that lesson. For you, I taught it for me, and that's—I think that's the way Scripture should be taken. Man, life, I, me, I need, I should, because my deal is, if if I get hung up on on the things that that bother me or the things that I don't like about church or all the hypocrites that I, uh, you know, all that stuff, then the next thing you know, I'm I'm in a place where I shouldn't be spiritually. And uh, my mind wanders. And when we talk about the shall in Romans, mm-hmm. today is a time where I reflect about me because I've already accepted Christ. I, when, when I should, I did. Right. I, I've accepted him. But there's so many people out there that need to hear the message, that need to hear the hope. I need to be in that position where I can help them understand, you know what? Here's the here's the information. You need to make a decision right. between you and Leave God. Leave it to them. Leave yeah. it to them. And then we've talked about it. I don't know how many times about the wheat and the tares. And as people, uh, the flesh kind of 
uh, limits us, but we want so bad to get in there and separate those out. I know what he's doing. He's not one of us. And we want to separate <laughs> yes. the wheat from the tires. Absolutely. But that's not our job. No. That's God's job. And it run you over to Matthew. We, yes. we just read it. Uh, there will be a day when he does separate yes. the sheep from the goats. Yes. And he'll do it right. He won't make a mistake. There'll be those that say, hey, Lord, didn't we go to Sunday school ever? Yep. He'll say, yep. You know, worth sure the did, but you, you know worth the goats. You know what I'm saying? And he won't make a mistake. Yep. And at that point, you shall say, Lord, Lord. You're right. You will confess him. So, but I mean, that's the, so Alan, you, you just, you, you just hit it. I mean, you just, yes. The thing is, is that if, if we as believers focus less on what our neighbor is doing That's it. and focus more on what we are doing for Christ, yep. how we're living our day-to-day life yep. and focus on ourselves instead of it. But the thing is, is that, you know, pride, pride is, 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 it's it, ugly. It is very ugly. Yep. And our pride stands directly in between our relationship with ourself and Jesus Christ yep. because we're too prideful to, to really humble ourselves to say, you know what, Lord, forgive me again. Yet again, I stand before you. I've a hundred times I've came to you before, but here yet again, I'm standing before you asking for forgiveness. Absolutely. And it also brings you to a place, uh, listen to another sermon this week out of the unbelieving believers. Um, man. So in John chapter 13, uh, you've got Christ sitting with his disciples and it says, after saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified truly, truly. I say, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he spoke. One of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was reclining at the table. Jesus sighed. So Simon Peter motioned him, asked Jesus of whom he was speaking. So the disciple leaning back against Jesus said to him, Who is it? So I, I, I kind of want just, and this isn't my, my sermon. This is uh, Stephen Lawson. He's a great preacher. Uh, when you When you look at this, you have to understand, he says, one of you will betray me. And, I, you know, we're not talking about betrayal, but I want you to see this. The disciples looked at one of another uncertain. It didn't know which one it was. And so right now, when you think of shall and should, <laughs> oh. I'm looking right now and I'm uncertain. Don't you, don't you read that Bible story and think, man, how could they not know it was Judas? How could they not know? Well, that's just, that's just the point, guys. It's not the disciples' responsibility to... Pe- their hearts were so centered. They were examining themselves. Is it me, Lord? Me. And that's what I was going to say. That's me. Exactly what I was going to say. That's the difference between disciples then and disciples now. I'm yes. like, I know who it is. It's, it's him. him. <laughs> yeah, it ain't me. Yeah. Yeah, that's that boy right there. He done it. But they were so uncertain in that moment that there was a consideration of it could be, be any me. of us. Yes. It could be me. And that's what I'm saying when you look at should and shall. I mean, it's even like during that sermon, uh, you know, Stephen Lawson great man of God said this from the pulpit. Every one of us should ask ourselves that in this life. Are we the betraying disciple? And I thought, and in the car, I'm like, Lord, is it, you know, what does it mean? You know, because that's the reflection that takes place. You know, when the Bible says to examine yourself, or even a Stephen, he, uh, Lawson quoted, uh, Make your callings and elections sure. sure yeah. well, and they're in different places of Scripture and probably have different contexts. They actually do behind them in the stories and the places that's going on. But you have to see it's a self-reflection regardless. And we all have to ask ourselves, are we in the should? Or are we going to have to endure it in the shall? Because I'm telling you this. I'm not perfect. Actually, this morning, uh, I had an opportunity to uh, go hunt, and I'm sitting in a field, and usually when I'm sitting back there, I'm thinking of the Lord. Um, I'm thinking about my life. But I'm examining my life because of the sermons I've heard lately. Um, I'm examining my fruits. I'm examining the decisions I've made in my life, and I'm reflecting. And in the midst of that, I'm asking the Lord to search my heart. Search me, O Lord. Search me. Because I claim to be of the faith, and truly I believe that I am. But you are the controller of my faith, and you will further me and bring me closer to the table. And in the midst of my examination, and really just praying and meditating as Jar, Brother Jar, who passed away this uh, this year, yeah, from COVID, always talked about meditation. I found myself meditating, and now tonight we're talking about the should and shall, and I'm telling you this, I'm so thankful that I made the decision to be in the should. 
Yes. Yes. Because in the night that I was converted and I was saved, I realized, yeah, I should, I should be doing this right now. So in Romans chapter fourteen, the decision making's over with. Yes. It's done. At that moment, it it's is, done. It's happened. You made your decision. Yep. And what was it? Was Matthew, Matthew twenty five, Alan? Which text was it? You had it on you. Thirty one and thirty two. Thirty one and I. Twenty four, I, I think it was. Let me look. No, it's 25, 25, 31, 32. The final judgment is what you were referring to, correct? Yes. Okay, so I just want to say this for our listeners. When the Son of Man comes, yeah, it doesn't say if he comes or he's not going to come. It says when, when. he comes. You know, El, and you, you think about the verse that says some men count slackness and some men count this. You know, the Lord doesn't count slackness. Basically, it's saying the long-suffering of the Lord is salvation. That's why he's so patient in his return. And if you want to question that and play games with that, if you wait around long enough, well, you might find out. But listen to this. It says when the Son of Man comes in his glory. He's coming. Yep. Listen, I, I know as a Christian, we have you have to have faith. This time of year, you have to have faith for all the things we're going to talk about. Believing a woman could have a baby without conception, virgin birth. Yep. Believing that God could be in the form of a man. Believing that Jesus entered the earth, but he existed before. You have to have faith when it comes to these topics. Yep. But what I'm saying is this is it says when he comes in his glory, you have to have faith that he's going to come. Absolutely. Now, I believe Jesus is going to come. I do have a lot of questions, right? Mm -hmm. I have a lot of studying that I do. I'm young. Sometimes, you know, I've had doubts in the past. And the Lord convicts me of those and brings me back to Scripture. But we have to have faith and we have to trust. But it's like Alan said, when you read that in Romans, you read this in Matthew 25, there's no more should. There's no more choice. And when you talk about the deity, the deity of Christ, God in the flesh, and the fact that, you know what, being the virgin birth, if we could spend just a little time talking about the fact that, not to correct you, but there was conception, but there was no sex. It was a divine act of a holy God where the Holy Spirit moved on Mary. She conceived, but there was no sex. And when we talk about that birth, it didn't happen instantly. It wasn't like a, a microwave pregnancy where, you know, yeah. out comes Jesus. It was nine months. Yeah. And in that day, Mary could have legally been killed. Yeah. yeah. Because Absolutely. she was not married. She wasn't married. She was Mary. I'm but sorry. She wasn't the Appalachian is and coming when, out. She was not she was not married. And yeah. Alan, let me let me kinda add to that too. And when I when I said conception, I was I was referring to like with Joseph because yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to in the text, I'm a little more blunt. In the text Matthew in Matthew when you read about uh the the birth, it said Mary did not know her husband until after. Meaning, so there, meaning there, there was no they didn't have sex. No sex. Right. And I actually, I mean, we'll talk about this more last week, but when you study in Luke chapter 2 and it talks about the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit, that's a powerful moment. So we'll talk about that later on. But yeah, it wasn't, she didn't just, as Alan said in the sound effect, she didn't just, you know, <laughs> however it was. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it didn't happen like that. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people talk about that, you know, this time of year we're celebrating the birth of Christ, and we we are. We are celebrating Christ, but everyone, you have go search this for yourself if you don't believe us. After after conception, there's got to be a good nine-month period, and for Christ to be a full human, it, he had to go through the process of a nine-month nine development. He took on the traits and the human, human characteristics of Mary, and dad, uh, my my dad said in your all Sunday school class, someone made a joke about well, he didn't look, he look like, like Joseph. Joseph. So, <laughs> and that you know that is true. And you do get into a lot of interpretations about Christ's character. You know, I, I was talking about it today. You know, I'm a firm believer. I think Christ looked exactly like he did when he appeared unto Abraham. They always saw the image of the invisible God. You yeah, know, that. Colossians <clears throat> teaches us that. But yeah, Alan's hitting it on the point. You know, it wasn't just a, a, a you know, yeah. oh look, Jesus is here. It's been three days. No, yeah. it it, yep. it had to be the nine month period. So one hundred percent man, one hundred percent God. Acts chapter four verse twelve uh, is a reference scripture that I also wrote down. It says, "Neither is there salvation in any other." Oh no. For there's another name given unto men whereby you must be saved. So he's he is one hundred percent 
God and 100% man. Boom. Galatians 4.4. 4. And I mentioned this earlier. But when the fullness of time come, God sent forth his son born of a woman, born under law. It was time. The fullness yep. of time had... And here's another thing, too. And uh, I know I'm kind of popping off in different places of the Bible. Think about this. The end of Malachi. What starts? 400 years of silence. Silence. Yep. Think about that. Yep. 400 mm. years of silence. Now, obviously, uh, when you study the Apocrypha and, and such books that didn't make the canon of Scripture, there were books and things written during that time. There is yeah. history we can read about. There was nothing. Yeah. God did no move. But think about this. 400 years of silence go by, and all of a sudden, on that day, that Christ enters in the world, everything changed. Yep. Everything changed. Yep. And I, I love that you, I know we're talking about this next week, but I love that you brought up the birth of Christ because um, I, I think our pastor said this this week. That is a key doctrine that determines your whole faith. Absolutely. If you don't, Absolutely. If you don't believe in a virgin birth, you don't believe in the deity of Christ. That's right. true. Facts. Yep. That yep. is true. So, Alan, what else? You- so uh, I had a couple of questions that I asked, and they're just rhetorical questions, but the good thing about question asking is just by asking the question, the information gained is not as important as the process where the brain has to exercise and manipulate that question to develop an answer. And one of the questions that I wrote down is, uh, does Christ deserve to be worshipped? Let's go around the table. We might as well. I mean, we got 20 minutes left. Yeah. Who wants to start? I put I put yes in all caps <laughs> because of the fact that there is no other name no. that deserves our worship. There's no other. Uh... Well, okay. So here, here's here's my thought. We as humans are gonna worship something. Go all the way back to the Old Testament. They it's it's all throughout the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. Our Nature is to worship. Yes, it is. We are going to worship something. Before before I was saved, before salvation came my way, to God grabbed a hold of me to show in my heir, I worshipped plenty of things. Yep. I worshipped a lot of worldly things that left to dead-end desolation. When you grab a hold of Jesus Christ, or vice versa, Jesus Christ grabs a hold of you in your life, and you understand him, that he is your Lord and Savior, he is most certainly deserving of our worship. Yeah. Mm. Because the thing about it is, is there is no other one. There is nobody in this world, how close of a relationship you can, that can give you the peace and the strength and the courage to stand and make statements. Absolutely. You know, I mean, the things that I'm doing now for his name, I would never do. Is I'm not that person. I am not an extrovert. I'm a very much of an introvert. And I still am when I'm not speaking of Christ. But you get around me with, and I have a, the message and I'm sharing it with people. There's a boldness that comes out in me that I don't typically have. And that's something that deserves to be worshipped. That is, you know, my family is closer today than it ever has been. In the, the, the whole 20 years of my marriage. Me and my wife are closer today, and it's because of Christ. That is an awesome point. Where you, you know what I'm saying? When we when we talk about the fact that that boldness is not you, it's not. It's not it's you. Not. It's the Holy Spirit. It's, it's God. It's absolutely. Jesus inside of you yes. that gives you that boldness. So yeah. So does does Christ deserve worship? Absolutely. Every day, not just Christmas, not just during this holiday season. Every day, 365 days a year, yep. need to wake up and give Him. And I think Grant did a message been it was this year or the end of last year christ at the center something like it was yeah it was titled christ at the center and i think that's a very um worth saying phrase the title of what his sermon was is that christ is at the center and like well i i want to answer that question but i'm going to read this when josh said that people were created to worship i just want to solomon was the wisest man <coughs> to ever live david's son solomon king solomon God asked him what he wanted. He said, I want wisdom. Okay, wisest man to ever live. If you want, well, I'm not going to invite uh, disagreements, but that's something that, like, 
I will debate heavily is that Solomon was the wisest man to ever live, other than Christ himself. Fair, fair, fair statement. But listen to what he said. He said, he has made everything beautiful in his time. Talking about what God has created. Listen to this. Also, he has put eternity in a man's heart. Yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. So let me just say this. God has put a desire for some sort of eternity and worship in our hearts. The wisest man to ever live said that. And it's in scripture. I'm going to stand by it. So when you think about that all of us were born. I want you to know this. He said he has put eternity into man's heart. He didn't say what eternity. He just said eternity. So each person is born with a question of why am I here? How do I get here? Why am I here? How am I leaving? Guarantee you. Jace Robertson always says that. Guarantee you. So how you respond to that is your call. Should. Let me say this. You can believe in the true Christ. You can worship a false god. Or you can deny eternity. But whatever you do or whatever you choose doesn't escape the fact that the Word of God says that He has put it in our hearts. And so if it is in all of man's heart, what Josh said earlier is completely accurate and we're standing on that everybody worships something. And you're thinking, well, I may not agree with you. Or I know someone that may not agree with what you just said. Okay. Ask them what their priority in this life is. Their number one priority. And you will find out what they worship. And you might be thinking, well, Hunter, worship is like singing and, you know, preaching and stuff like it. It is. That is how I worship. Worship is what your desire and your time is put towards. The heart. The heart. Exactly. When, you know, uh, Nebuchadnezzar and the king stood up or, you know, when Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abed, they said, bow down. They didn't say, sing a song to me. That's right. He didn't say, listen, why. he said, bow down before me and Shadrach, Meshach. And Abednego and Daniel, which he was interpreting the king's dream, the three stood up and said, we're not doing it. Right. We're the children of, of Israel. We're the children of God. He said, okay, I'm going to put you in the fire. Here you go. They didn't even burn. Okay, then everybody was, wow. So that worship that half of Israel did, except for the three in that moment, was just bowing down. But you have to understand, it's the action of the heart. Yep. So those three were like, we're not bowing. Our hearts, our minds are made up that we're going to worship the one true God. All the people that bowed down in their hearts and their minds out of fear decided, I will worship this king. And so worship is in with is it's within all of us. It is. And, and is it, it time, is this time of year, is, is Jesus worth worshiping? Yes. Because the truth that Solomon said still rings today in everyone's ears. Because now people have different things that they can talk about that they want to worship. But Christ is worth worshiping. Just like God was worth worshiping then, he's worth worshiping now. And there's a purpose why it's been so it's been thousands of years that Solomon said this. Yeah. And it is now because he's the one true king. Because of the evidence. Yes. Of the, the, the people who have experienced it that know the fact that if you want joy, if you want peace, yep. if you want love, those are only found in Jesus Christ. Yep. And it, it, the fact that if he's not in your heart, the pursuit of something will be there, whether it's the opposite sex, whether it's a relationship, whether it's uh, a substance or a chemical, you'll pursue that. But the bottom line is you'll still be empty. Yes. And there'll be a Ooh. point in your life, Ooh. there'll be a point yeah. in time where you come to the realization, uh, man alive, I'm... I'm I'm still empty. Yeah. I need hey. another I need well, another fix. Like, I need another girl. I need another boy. I need you know what I'm saying? Yes. There's something still void there. Hey, before Josh <clears throat> runs off with this cuz he's about to exactly what we've been talking about this week with the church of Laodicea. They this is what Jesus said to them. He said, "For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, I need nothing." Not realizing that you are wretched, <clears throat> pitiable, <clears throat> poor, blind, and naked. That's yes. exactly what Alan just said. You're is, incorrect, sir. And then he says, well, I counsel you to buy gold from me refined by fire so that you may be rich. One. Yep. And white garments so that you may be clothed Clothed yourself. Uh, the shame of your nakedness may not be seen. Two. And salve to anoint your eyes so that you may you see. see. All yes. three are talking about the redemption and the salvation of Jesus, yes. Christ, Jesus Christ are. That's it. Lord. Absolutely. Should and shall. You yes. should. Get to the point where you realize what the message is saying here, what Alan said. Because if you don't, you there will shall. be a day right. when you stand before him and your knee will bow and your mouth will open yes. and you will say, 
I'm wrong. And here's a, I got it wrong. And here's yeah. another thing I've I learned, and I really realized why I was in. I had COVID. Okay, you might be thinking, man, y'all are really pointing fingers right now. Mm-hmm. We're not. Nope. <laughs> We're not. You know what the responsibility for a pastor, an evangelist, a preacher, and a teacher is? To labor in the Word of God, to rightly divide it, and then share it. Educate. And so, this is not Hunter pointing fingers time. This is, we've labored in the Word, and we're just sharing what God's laid on our heart. And you know, when Christ said, you know, if they if they hate you, they, they don't hate you. First. They hate me. And yeah. so, when people hear messages like this, or maybe you're listening to this, and you're like, man, I've talked to people about this, and they don't want anything to do with me. Yeah. It's not you. Right. <laughs> they don't want anything to do with Christ. And the sad part is, is for the people that reject the gospel, when the shall period comes, yeah. when the shall time comes, when every knee shall bow, you can be the biggest man to ever walk this earth and say, you know what? That ain't happening. My daddy's bigger than your daddy kind of scenario. But I'm telling you, when that last and final judgment comes, you will stand before the almighty creating God that gave you life, that gave you food, the, the rain, it rains on the unjust and the just. He gave you food, he gave you raiment, he blessed you even though that you wouldn't believe in him. And the Bible talks about he's appeared, he'll give you an opportunity. Yes. yes. He will speak to you, he will reveal yes. himself to you. Oh my, Romans 1, he, he's made himself known. Yep. He, um, through his in, uh, in, invisible attributes, through nature, through all of these things. And at one time he smiled, I mean he winked at, at ignorance, but. Acts 17, or Acts 19, when Paul's standing on Mars Hill, he yep. says at one point in time, God weaked at this ignorance, but now he requires all men everywhere to repent. Yes. You ain't going to stand up there in the shall day and say, man, nobody told me. I didn't know. No. Yeah. There's, no there's, 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 ain't nobody no excuse. Right. I mean, there's <laughs> nothing you can do. I, and you might be thinking, well, I just don't know why I, I agree with that. I want to challenge you to take a chance to consider that it is, because if you don't take a chance, if you don't listen, if you don't surrender that you have an opportunity to be a part of the elect of God, there will come a day when he will look at you and won't even have to say a word. Oh, no, and you, you will won't. bow you're, you're, before absolutely. him. Absolutely. And that'll be the day that people will have the biggest regrets of their entire lives is that they didn't <laughs> surrender because their money, their love, their family, their jobs, nothing in that moment will matter. Right. Nothing. No, and and when we talk about this, we don't do it with pleasure or uh, no. It, it, it's it's oh. because that division, that that separation from the sheep and the goats that happens, it's eternal, guys. We're ter- and that's that's we're why terrified. we get passionate. Yep. That's why people. we get amped up. That's why we raise our voice. That's why we talk over each other. Is because it's a great big deal. Yes, it matters how you handle this information, what you do with it, and the decision that you make from it. We're terrified for people. And I know I've talked a lot this segment. Good golly, this is just a good subject. The should and the shall. We're terrified for people. Why do you think a pastor labors? Right now, think about this. Our pastor here at the chapel is very considerate of COVID. So we do a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, and now he's starting a noonday Wednesday and and a night service on Wednesdays. Think about this. He labors so much in the Word and preaches so much because he's terrified for people that are rejecting the gospel. They're rejecting the power of Christ. And I feel like in in my Christian walk, I feel like I hit second, third, fourth, fifth wins all throughout the year because when I grow tired and I grow weak, his strength is made perfect in my weakness. And when my flesh is tired and it's not willing, the Spirit's willing and I maybe this is my 12th win this year because it's just been crazy. But I, I'm just telling you, everyone who's listened to this, there's a message of peace. Josh mm-hmm. talked, the Prince of Peace, the Wonderful Counselor. Yep. And right mm-hmm. now, in His sovereignty and His grace, is offering you an opportunity, a opera free gift, Romans 6.23, to bow your knee, bow your head, Confess with your tongue, can believe in the heart, confess with the mouth. The scripture teaches us that. To surrender, not choose. Josh said this earlier, and I love it. You don't just choose and invite him in. You surrender. Yep. You have an opportunity to surrender to Christ right now in this moment. And I want to encourage you, and we'll pray at the end, that you would take that opportunity. Because my biggest fear 
is that one day I know where I'm going. I know where I'll stand when the sheep and the goats will be separated. Beyond the shadow of a doubt, I, I know. My fear, though, is that if I had an opportunity to look over on the other side where the goats and where the lost people stand, my fear was I would see a lot of people I know. Yeah. And I, I'm guilty of not witnessing and sharing Christ as much as I should. And that's just a true fact. I'll be the first one to raise my hand. But I, I, I'm telling you, right now is a crucial moment for everyone, Alan. Like you said, to think about the should and the shall. Yeah, and when we go through this holiday season, there's going to be a lot of maybe not gatherings like you typically do, but there are going to be a lot of uh, maybe uh, phone calls made. Maybe a lot of uh, emails sent, or uh, maybe, I don't know if your family does Zoom or Teams or, or if you do any of that stuff. But just understand that when communication takes place, one topic that needs to be included in that conversation is Merry Christmas. And not just an empty, vain statement that means nothing. Yeah. A statement that brings Christ back. To, yeah. the, the to the center of everything that we do. To the center of this, not just time of year, but to the center of our life. And I mean, and this is worth saying too, the decisions you'll make in this life are your decisions. And we're definitely not telling people how to have Christmas. However you decide exactly. is, is your conviction. That's yeah. between you and your family. You tell your kids about Santa, that's your choice. You give them presents, that's your choice. You don't, that's your choice. We're not telling anybody how to do Christmas, we're just asking and compelling that you would consider keeping Christ first before all of those things. It's important, man. In the forefront of our minds because the rest, and it's not just this year or this season, it's January 1st. Absolutely. January 2nd, January 3rd, July, June, whenever. Because I'm telling you, and I'm young and I have a lot to learn, but one thing I have learned and it was the first sermons I, I really ever preached. When you study out, um, you know, seeking the seek the kingdom first, Matthew six thirty three, or you get over in Colossians three and you study out one and two that talks about uh, keep your eyes above, not on the things of this earth. I think the first thing that I've really learned in my Christian walk is m- my focus. Now it's not perfect all the time. My priorities not perfect all the time, but Scripture compels us and calls us out to keep. Christ first. Keep Christ first. That's not a hunter challenge. That's a scripture challenge. Sure is. Absolutely. And, and I mean, this time of year, especially with COVID, good grief, it's easy right now yep. to just get your mind off of where it needs to be. Exactly. It's we're been not, easy this whole year. We're not going yeah. to church like we're, and then we've got a reason. We've got a reason now. We've got COVID. We can't go to church. Maybe the church is canceled, whatever. That's just that much more of a reason yeah. to focus on your own spirituality. Focus on Alan. Alan, yeah. read your words. Yes. Alan, yes. confess your sin. Alan, think about your neighbors. Think about the ones that are still fighting. Alan, do some of these things. Your worship's don't not- Exactly. Don't depend on the pe- preacher. Don't depend on the church. But when that opportunity is available, man alive, I appreciate the opportunity to come to church. Absolutely. Yes. Your, your worship is not recognized by your attendance. If you can't come right now, just take advantage of online worship and the material and the studies that your pastor and your church is still working on. But when the opportunity comes to get back to the gathering of the people, take advantage of it. Yeah. Wear a mask. Yeah. Don't wear a mask. You you choose. Don't divide right now. Unify, as Chad Udi preached this last Sunday morning. And, uh, Alan, man, this, this topic right here has, one, fired me up. But two, I mean, I'm just so reminded yeah. right now. Anytime the word of God comes out, there's there's a, it's almost like there is a context, an application, and a reminder. Yep. The context is the message and keeping it how it needs to be. The application is how it's going to affect you or convict you. And the reminding is, man, I need to remember this. Yeah. Two days later, yeah. you... I mean, Sunday night's message, I was convicted as well. That's reminded. And that's what the Word of God does. Is You know, when you read in Psalms 1 where it talks about delighting and meditating on the Word, the law of God, night and day. Or I preached a sermon on Joshua chapter 1, 7 through 8, when he told Joshua to stick to the commandments of the Lord. They, got, they learned something that I'm wanting to learn right now. How can I keep him in my focus? Yep. 
And so, that, and one thing, I before we wrap up, uh, speaking about the Word of God, I think there would be no more appropriate scripture to read than Luke 2. You guys got Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 20? You got it, Josh? Yeah. I was about to say, I've, I've talked a lot. Luke 2? Yeah, Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And the taxing was first made in Cyrenus with was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one to his own city. And Joseph, Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in mm. the inn. Mm. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, Ye shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, and the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem to see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and a babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad this saying, uh, the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all that they heard wondered at those things which were told by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Amen. Amen. So as we go through this time of year, uh, you should believe that. Yeah. You should understand that the scripture that was just read was a source of hope and joy and peace and security for your soul and and as as we uh are are wrapping up here uh, that's that's probably one of the things that uh, if if anything's accomplished uh god's going to do the give the increase but uh, we hope that somebody out there is listening today that uh man you may be at wit's end and you may need to uh have nowhere to turn and you you're searching for answers uh man jesus is the answer absolutely um can i pray for us alan absolutely Lord, we come to your prayer. We thank you for this time. And God, we're just so thankful and blessed by this reminder of this lesson about Christ. And Lord, during this time of Christmas, it's just so easy to get unfocused and maybe focus on the wrong areas. And so, Lord, I just pray that for us in this room, but everyone who listens, that, Lord, you'd convict us and pull us closer to you, that we would be reminded, but we would keep our focus on Christ. And this is all about Him. Everything we do Everything we live for in this world we live in, everything is His. And so, God, I just pray that you'd help us, Lord, draw us closer to you. Be with those that are afflicted and sick, Lord, and those are without. Lord, we love you. Bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Guys, uh, it's been a good episode. Uh, again, happy birthday, Grant. Happy birthday, Grant. We're happy also birthday. we're also excited, too, because, one, my fiance's in the room, Haley. 
Love your dad. But we also have Josh's son, Caleb. (gasps) And Caleb has been gone for how many months? Six. He's serving our country specific. What area? Tell her about it a little bit. He's uh, he's in the United States Air Force. um, And he just got out of technical school for firefighting. So he's getting ready to ship off. He'll be leaving us and heading to his first station, which is in North Dakota. I think it's a little cold there, though. He said it's flat and there's not going to be a lot of hills to snowboard. So I said, that's a bummer. Yeah. Um, he could build a snowman. Yeah. He, he build could, an igloo. He could build a snowman of the family. Everyone will have their own. But we're excited he's here. He kind of he surprised us all. Nobody knew he was coming to visit. So uh, I didn't recognize him Sunday at church. I was like, man, that guy looks familiar. Who is that? <laughs> Skinny buff guy. Yeah, yeah with, with a the, short, with, short haircut. Yeah. But uh, so we, you know, we asked, you know, pray for Caleb. Pray, but pray for we're huge supporters of people who serve our country yes. here in this room and at this church and just don't forget those at this time of year that are serving our country yes. that may not be able to visit or maybe um you know in Caleb's case he's shipping out and he's going to his first station so just be praying for our country be praying for those who serve um and we appreciate him we're thankful and uh I love Caleb he's a he's a good guy Happy birthday, Grant. All right, guys, you all have anything else to say? God bless. God bless. bless. We'll see you guys next time. Peace out.